me, I'm Nina Elmendorf. I'm the, usually they say the wife of Mark, but I'll say the mother of Jack. Because <laughs> you're seeing Jack in this house. And yes, and it's so good to be with you this morning. On this very good Friday. Father, we thank you. You're in this house, in this place, oh God. Ready to speak to us. We're ready to hear. We're ready to, God, realize the impact of what Good Friday holds for us. Not your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, have you ever watched TV and the station goes blank and silent? Okay, that's good to know. Or have you listened to the radio and it just goes silent? In broadcasting terms, that's called dead air, where there's silence. Usually, you know, radio stations or TV stations, it's their worst nightmare. Because what happens is, and I'm a culprit of one of these people, is you change the station. Or you, you, and I did this last week, Channel 7 wasn't working, so I went to Channel 10. You know, or, or we, we quickly, and for them, for broadcasting stations, radio companies or TV stations, it's a loss of re revenue. It's a loss of people watching their stations. So actually, um, it is bad for them. But you know, when there is a dead air, where there's a blank screen or silence, the dead air, it's generally not intentional. It's because there's either been a technical difficulty or a severe weather which has taken out one of their towers. And that's usually what happens is that dead air comes. And so it's bad because they can't get the message across. Broadcasting is for the very reason that you and I can hear the message. You and I can watch what they're trying to say. You know, but we know that God has been in the broadcasting business for years and years and years, giving his message to mankind, to us, forever. And he does it through two sources. He does it through the world and he does it through the word. The psalmist David tells us this in Psalm that how he uses these two sources. In his Psalm 19, verses 1 to 3, it says, The heavens shall declare the glory of God. The skies will proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They have no, no use, no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Creation speaks. That's what it's talking about. God speaks through his creation, through the heavens, through nature. Have you ever been out and about and you look at the vast mountains if you're in a place or the sea that forever, the ocean that you cannot see the end of? You, you go and you... In, I, don't, I don't like camping, but they tell me that in camping it's so nice to be next to nature. 
It speaks, God speaks through his world. It forces the logical person to say with such design, there has to be a designer. With such order, there has to be a designer. You know, God speaks through his world. We see number two, that God is speaking through his word. The psalm goes on to say in Psalm 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. God generally speaks through the world, but he speaks specifically through his word. When you pick up your Bibles, we hear, we see the word of the Lord to us. Did you know for 15 long centuries in the Old Testament that God was speaking through his word? For 15 long centuries, then something happened. Suddenly there was a period of silence. There was dead air where God no longer spoke. There's 39 books in the Old Testament where God was speaking. And the last book of the Bible is Malachi. And as you turn the page, we turn into Matthew, which is the start of the New Testament. They say women can do two things at once. No, they can't. And in between Malachi and the New Testament, there was silence for 400 years. God did not speak for 400 years. You wouldn't think, you think it's a continual revelation. We just turn the page. God's still speaking for 400 years. He did not speak. That was the last word, was in Malachi. But did you know? that in that time where he wasn't, spoke, wasn't speaking, the theologians of the day say they call him the silent years. Broadcasting call it the dead air. God was not giving any messages for 400 years. Suddenly, one night, suddenly one night outside the city of Bethlehem, a bright light shone on shepherd men, and an angel of the Lord appeared, which freaked them out. You could imagine a bright light, an angel standing before you. After 400 years of dead air, the message was, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy And to all the people, the Saviour, the Messiah, the Lord has been born. After 400 years of silence, we hear God speaking again. Emmanuel, God with us, God has been born. That little boy grew up. That little boy, Jesus Christ, grew up and he continually spoke. He spoke incredible words. He spoke messages 
to the disciples, to the people of the day. Today, we, he's still speaking to us through his word. That voice, the voice of God through human body, Jesus Christ, gave us so many words, so many teachings, so many revelations. To this day, they teach us. His words teach us. They guide us. They encourage us. And they free us. His words were amazing. They say that the greatest sermon ever spoken was a sermon on the mount that Jesus gave. It was recorded as the greatest sermon. You know, we think of his words. We, when we read the Bible, we recall the words of Jesus. We think of his parables. They changed lives back then, but they're changing lives today as we hear him speak to us through his par parables. Think of the personal words that he gave individuals. The woman who was caught in, in adultery, ready to be stoned, he said, he without sin cast the first stone. Words that pierced, that set that woman free for life. His words continually speak to us. But then one day, one Friday at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, suddenly there was silence again, dead air. As Jesus was taken and as he was put upon a cross and executed by the city of Jerusalem, Let's read it from Luke's perspective. Luke chapter 23, verses 44 to 46. It was now about the sixth hour in Jewish time. Is, that is actually, that's recorded as the twelfth hour in our day, in our time. So that's lunchtime, midday. And there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour, which is recorded as three in the afternoon. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. This was the last saying of the seven sayings that Jesus said on the cross. The last of God's broadcast through his son, Jesus Christ, were, into your hands I commit my spirit. A couple of things to note at Jesus' crucifixion is we we're told that darkness covered the land. There was Three hours of total darkness, total silence, total dead air. But if we go back 33 years before, at his birth, there was brightness. There was light. There was God speaking in the skies that shone all over Bethlehem. His birth accompanied by light. His death accompanied by darkness. His birth accompanied by the bright light which shone because it was the light of the world coming into the world. 
But now there is darkness, midday black, because the light of the world has been extinguished on earth. There was silence. There was dead air. Jesus had actually died and wasn't speaking any words. Darkness covered the earth. Imagine being there. Imagine being at that cross. Imagine being the disciples who probably never really believed that Jesus would actually die, like dead, dead die, like no movement death, like no breath dead. So they're like, imagine his followers going, I don't think this was supposed to happen. Yeah, he'd said, but I didn't think it was really going to happen. You know, but then Luke says that at that time in darkness, we hear what happened, that the veil, the curtain in the temple, which separated the holy room from the holy of holies, which measured 20 meters high. That was really high. 20 meters high is this curtain, a couple of inches thick, right, was torn from top to bottom. Matthew says it wasn't torn from bottom to top. Mankind never tore it, but God spoke through tearing that curtain. From the top to the bottom, God tore the veil. The curtain that separated mankind into the presence of God. That separated. There were only a priest could go in that place. We could never go in that place of the Holy of Holies. But the, the curtain was torn once and for all, saying, no more sacrifices are needing. That's what God is saying. No more sacrifices are needing. You don't need to go and buy a pigeon and sacrifice and bring it to me. No more. The curtain is torn. Jesus paid the price once and for all. Isn't that awesome? Do you want to give him a hand this morning? It's done once and for all. Jesus paid the price. We can come to church without a goat. <laughs> Dead goat on our necks. Thank God for that. We don't have to bring it. To Pastor Joe and say, Joe, can you go in? Can you ask God about this? It's, it's torn. It's free. We can come to church. We can stand. We can worship. We can sit. We can sing. We can come straight into the presence of God, whether we're in church, whether we're at home, whether we're driving, wherever we are. There is no separation any longer. Jesus' words as he's on the cross says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he breathed his last. Jesus was in total control. Not those who crucified him. Jesus gave up his spirit. Jesus said, I give up my spirit. Just before those words we read that Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Then he says, and into your hands I commit my spirit. Yes, it was a human execution, but it was a divine intervention that happened. God giving his only son for the sin of the world. For our sin, God gave his son. 
You know, usually people, when they're crucified, they last for days on end. It's a, it's a terrible death. They, like, it's a slow death. But Jesus said, it is finished. He was in total control. And as he gave up his last breath and died, it would seem that was the end. No more broadcasting. No more miracles. No more hearing the voice of Jesus. No more messages, just silence, just like it was for 400 years. Then God, who spoke for 15 centuries, then silence for 400 years, then he spoke again through the birth of Jesus Christ and the life of Jesus. And now he's no longer speaking after Jesus' death. There is silence again while the women wept, the disciples run away, they're all confused, they're all sad. The demons are the only one talking, the only ones rubbing their hands going, woohoo! He's dead, it's done, they're silent, finally, they thought, we got him, he's dead forever, but God has not done speaking. God has so much more to say. And he would say, death has not the final word. Jesus Christ is the final word. Yes, that deserves a clap. Jesus actually died on the cross for you and I. I got to give him a clap. Three days later, not 400 years later, Three days later, Jesus would rise again, conquering death itself. The silence, the dead air was over. It was shattered by a living Savior. And as we come right now, and we're going to come in a time of communion in a short while, actually in a short while, we're going to come and have to communion together. I want us to remember the sacrifice the price that was paid for you and I. We don't have to go through a ritual to get cleansed or forgiveness. We don't have to pay money to get cleansed or forgiveness. We have no, there is no gap. There is no cave. There is no barrier any longer between God and man because Jesus Christ on that cross died that we as mankind can come to him and ask for forgiveness and ask for repentance. Jesus had to die because if Jesus didn't die, there'd be no atonement, there'd be no forgiveness. We would be separated from God forever. Without the death, there'd be no resurrection. And without the resurrection, there would be no hope. We would still be in our sin, separated from God. The resurrection proves that Jesus' death was sufficient. The resurrection proves that death of Jesus, his blood that was shed on the cross, his sacrifice for us was enough to buy people into heaven. You know, just before Jesus went to the cross 
You know, he talks about so many people left him. So many of his followers left him. And he turns to to the disciples and he says this, are you going to go too? Are you going to leave me too? And they say to him, where on earth are we going to find a man and teachings like you have given us? There is nowhere and no one to go to because you have given us life, breakthrough, deliverance. You have given us a pathway. You are showing us the way. We live in a time that we need to stick closer to Jesus like never before because there is stuff that is thrown in our face continually. But we know that through Jesus Christ, we have eternal life. Through repentance and through asking for his forgiveness, we can come boldly into the presence of God. I'm going to get the musicians to come. You know, 1936, an interesting thing happened in New York City. There was to be a broadcast of the King of England to the United States of America. It was going all the way, record from London, a live telecast from London to New York City. And it was going to be broadcast on WJZ in New York City. It was King Edward VIII's speech. He had his message prepared and he was going to speak those words to the people of the United States. But something happened in that studio right before the broadcast. Someone in the New York studio tripped over a wire, small wire, small cable, very small, but a very significant wire, low voltage, but unnecessarily transmitting cable. Severed the link between England and America. People in the studio went crazy. They go, this can't be happening. They were, the engineers were trying to work out a way, how can we make this happen? They didn't know what to do. Oh no, the voice of King Edward VIII is not going to be telecasted. We can't, this will make us look bad. We can't let this happen. But a very quick thinking, clever apprentice engineer in just seconds before that telecast came through, he grabbed both wires and with his hands, he became the link between the bridge from England through to the United States. And through his body, it worked. That telecast, that message went through. That, that speech from King Edward VIII was telecasted on that broadcast. Through the body of a human being, the signal was transmitted. The speech was heard. Well, 2,000 years ago, 
Jesus came. He was the Son of God, and He was the link between heaven and earth. He was that link. He was, so to speak, that cable, broadcasting the message. No more sacrifices. No more silence. Free access to God. When you're washing the dishes, come and talk. When you're in church, when you're driving, you have free access, free connection any time of the day. Not even Telstra can give you that. Jesus says, the curtain is torn. You can come into the presence of God. The Savior of the world has come, has died to give us life. You know, it's a very simple thing. All we need to do is to receive Him. To be, the Bible says, believe in Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. This morning, we're going to come round our communion. We're grateful for what Jesus did for us. Are you grateful? We're hopeful. We're hopeful of what you, God, are going to do through us. I want you to stand right now as we, as we come, ready to receive the emblems. Lord, as we're about to receive these emblems, these elements, I pray that as we take this bread, this speaking of your shattered body, your whipped body, your body that was whipped, body that bled for us on our behalf, that we don't have to go through life for God without Jesus, without forgiveness. That through your body that was shed, that was broken for us, we can partake this morning and remember what you have done. Father, we partake right now of this wafer and we say thank you. We remember, Lord Jesus, blood that was shed for our sins. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Take a moment just to thank Him on your own behalf. Thank Him for what He's done for you. Thank Him for the sacrifice. Thank you for your salvation. Father, I thank you. I don't need to do it in my own strength, but it's through you to do things. Thank you. That the curtain has been torn, that I can come straight into your presence at any time. Thank you for suffering and enduring great pain on my behalf. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We partake right now of this grape juice. You're a willing sacrifice. You bridge the gap between us and God. 
to give us a living hope, to give us salvation. We say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're here this morning, you're here this morning and you've come because someone invited you or you've just come to make your mum and dad happy for whatever reason you find yourself here but you've never you've never said Jesus I need you I want you you've never said to him I want you to take the driver's seat of my car, my life. I want to surrender my life to you. And perhaps you're here this morning and you're saying, well, Nina, I do. I want to say yes to Jesus. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you going to get you at the front, but I do want to acknowledge and pray with you a prayer, a simple prayer that says, I believe, I confess, and I receive. Anyone here as I look around? Well, it looks like we're all believers here today, and we rejoice in the fact that we have salvation through Him that we have redemption through him. And perhaps here you are here and you've not, you're saying, no, I'm not going to do it. Do you know what? All I want to say to you, don't miss your opportunity because we never know, we never know, we never know what is going to happen this afternoon, tomorrow. And the greatest thing is to be right with our Saviour, the one who died for us that we can have eternal life, that we have eternal life once and for all, that our separation from God no longer exists and we can have, we can have that living hope that is promised. Amen? Amen. Amen.